Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Steph March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to tell you all about the good food and fun stuff to think about this weekend. We do have a caller who's hanging on from the last yeah. segment. So let's take Kelly. Kelly, you have a question that you need us to help with? Yes, thank you. We're in the St. Paul area and we go out with groups of 8 to 10 folks and a couple people have hearing aids, and I'm looking for a restaurant that would handle a big group but might have a quieter ambiance so the folks with hearing aids wouldn't struggle as much. Thanks so much. Yep. Okay. Um, I would say in St. Paul, she's looking. So Estelle. Oh, right. I would also say um, <clears throat> Estelle is a great one. I would also say W.A. Frost, only because it's in this old brick building, so there's tons of ways for sound to uh travel in there that's muffled yeah um with that in mind also the commodore would be the same kind of setup where it's an older type of situation here's one that's kind of interesting and i know that you said st paul but like kind of in minneapolis just right in the city is normandy kitchen you know it's got this very pubby sort of new England, you know like old yeah. england feel and it's just warm and cozy but it's kind of got a lot of soft surfaces which help with sound i think nicollet island oh, in too so yeah nicollet island in would be great as well both of those are wonderful okay thank you all right thanks kelly hey just and one more thing we did have um i wanted to it, it, it was hoban barbecue the korean barbecue place in uptown that i was singing that you said i just wanted yep. to make sure that we i said the right one got I it I, I think i miss said it um okay guess what it's time for two time for why can't i speak okay. right now <laughs> top two and hour two <laughs> give me the old one and now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two, winning, winning, All right, it's the time of the show, you guys, that we talk about a couple things that we are loving big time. Loving big time. You go first. What's your first one? Okay, I my first one is the new Scenic Cafe, which Wee. is road trip worthy. Yep. It is in Duluth on the North Shore about 15 miles outside of the actual city. Yep. But uh, Scott Graydon is the chef up there, and I had the opportunity to talk with him. He, you know, that is an iconic restaurant. They went to Airstream Outdoor Service last summer. Then they showed up at the Minnesota State Fair with their tuna poke tacos. Yeah. They are back open for full service at the restaurant up in Duluth, and he's just launched a new cookbook called The New Scenic cookbook and it is volume two because he's had this is his second cookbook yep it is so it's like one of these coffee table cookbooks it is so gorgeous yes he took a lot of the pictures in there with a friend of his 
it's just like some of the recipes, I'll be honest, are probably a little ambitious for me. Yeah. But then there are some like Agnes's rhubarb cake that I could easily make. Right. And just the looking at the book, the way it makes you feel when you're sitting down with it with a glass of wine is like, it just reminds me of the North Shore of Duluth, of all the special dining occasions up there. So I just I was transported. Oh, nice. New scenic cookbook. Okay, I love it. I love it. All right, well, my first one is going to be the duck dinner that I attended at uh, Kaluna this week with Ann Ahmed. And you guys, I have to tell you, when we're talking, we answer a lot of questions about private small spaces and everything else. That back room at Kaluna is spectacular. It's like a whole, there's like two tables. One's a big chef's table. There's a bar counter, like sitting at the kitchen bar. And then there's a little small table also in the back. And I'm not kidding you. It is like, we just had a wonderful dinner that was just sort of elegant and 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 curated and wonderful. But also that space was really warm and welcoming, but also not stuck together. You right. know what I mean? They have a huge wall of windows. Thought it was great. Um Anne did a duck dinner because she loves duck because it's the same thing her grandmother used to cook her. So Kama is her grandmother. And so this was Kama's table. And she made, and I got to tell you, the thing that I love the most, and I haven't posted any pictures yet, which I'll do today, but um, she made what I think is, I think all the time about why don't I eat like this, you know, where there's the lettuce wrap situation where there's, she had this like the top tier of a serving tray there was duck fat you know like the duck skin that was had been crisped up yeah and then there was all this stuff you just wrap it that was your protein you know and and because it is a you know it is technically an organ meat skin is and so it's healthier for you it's got much many more nutrients but like we would wrap it up in a lettuce with a little bit of noodles and some basil leaves interesting that you just wrapped up the skin yeah but it was like they're like crispy crispy nuggets yeah yeah and so then you put it in there and you just make and you dip it in your sauce and i think why aren't we wrapping everything in lettuce and dipping it yeah i like to do that we need to do more of that yeah more. that's what it hit me with but anyway she also had uh you know and then we had like duck lob and we had you know sort of gizzards we had all sort of we had duck legs confit. out there sort of gizzards, gizzards. <laughs> i know it was sort of gizzards but it was a wonderful presentation and if she has another dinner like that you guys scoop that up is my she point. does have a couple dinners on our website that are themed like that so if you're looking Do for it. a private exclusive experience and we sat at a big table with a bunch of people we didn't know and it was lovely okay so there you go that's my uh, that's my anamed kaluna rave i love it okay Okay, the next one I have is completely self-serving. Okay. Um, I was a guest on a podcast that's pretty funny. It's called the Cabin Country Podcast. Cute. And it is uh, with two gentlemen that are just really funny, and we talked all about the cabin. It's basically just puts you in a cabin mindset. Bjorn and Fudd, they're their sort of alter egos. Oh, okay. (laughs) That is not their real names. Okay. Um, But we talked all about Burnside Lake. We talked about um, what it's just like to be with a cabin. And we talked about some cooking, getting out to the island. We talked about boats. It was just fun. That's nice. In preparing for um, thinking about the cookbook. And we had a good time. So I'll post that. Okay. The Cabin Country Cookbook. Okay. Or excuse me, Cabin Country Podcast. Podcast. All right. I love that. Um, as people are getting ready to think about opening theirs up and stuff. You yes, know what I mean? and I'm always the last <laughs> one that can open because ours is the ice Because you have last. to actually wait. I know. Yes. Um, so my second one is going to be a project that I'm in the midst of, I would say, which is doing a white bolognese. 
Yeah, I, I saw it last weekend, and I was going to ask you about it. Yeah, what are you, what's I'm the not, stitch? And I haven't posted it yet because I didn't actually. What I had done, I was like, that isn't necessarily it. So what I did was white bolo is a thing. Like that's you know a very common thing. You don't see it a lot in America. People just don't think about it. But it's really you take it's sort of a meat sauce that you don't add the tomatoes to into. Um, and so and for and also I didn't use red wine. So what I did was I started with our typical Sunday bolo, which is, you know, pork and chicken, you know, cooked in cream. And then you add stock. Well, this time instead of beef stock, I did chicken stock. And then um, and then you add the wine and I added a German white wine to it um, that I'd gotten from uh, Leslie Miller's Sit Better collection uh-huh and then that then the question is like and all of that works because you just cook it down you cook it down and then there's a point where you have to decide you know what are you going to put in since you're not adding the acid of tomatoes you know in this it what do you put in and there's a couple things like Locanda Verde in New York Andrew Carmelini he does a white bolo that he puts in a sofrito of mushrooms and little bits of bacon and herbs that sounds good and I did that but I didn't I I would take the bacon out next time. You know what I mean? I was think it too much. It was too much. Yeah. It was too much after having simmered so in the rich. in the cream and everything else. And so I'm gonna find something else to add on that last stage, and then I'm gonna and then I'll publish that one because it's just like. But the idea that was still delicious. Let me don't get me wrong. That was still a delicious. I used shiitakes from R and R Cultivation. And I, I just cooked mushrooms. them down in the bacon, but then that, and then I mixed that in and I reduced it a little bit more, but I finding I might do something more like maybe artichoke hearts or something to bring in that little pop of acid yeah. that I'm looking for in a vegetable. I might do mushrooms and artichokes hearts, you know, cut up and stuff. I'm not sure. I'm really feeling what the feel? vegetable situation right yes. now. How about you? Yes, very much so. Like I just, I'm feeling artichokes. Yeah. I'm feeling asparagus. I'm thinking we like all get shaved. to that area, and it's like, even though we want the spring food, the spring food is not I available. <laughs> and they, all of our magazines, everyone's talking about the spring, like getting out of your garden. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's we, underneath six inches of I water. I still have so much snow, right? I know, but this it's coming. It's coming, and that's it's good. coming. And actually, this is a good time to plan your CSA, which we're going to talk about when we come right back. This is the weekly dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Maker's Mark. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Oh, it's always fun here in the oh, side sure breaks. Is. I tell you, I tell you. Did uh, you know you can't rent a car in Britain if you're over 75? I learned that. I yeah. learned that last night at my... I told Steph my favorite line of the day was when she <laughs> we were walking up the stairs to come into the studio and she goes, well, I go, what'd you do last night? She goes, well, I've been on the septuagenarian party circuit. <laughs> My, 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 our good friend, our good family friend, Larry Reynolds. Happy birthday, Larry, if you're listening. Uh, turned, had a big birthday last night. I think it was 70. And, you know, some of my mom's friends, we all gather. They're fun. They have traveled the world. Like, it's G- Jake and I were sitting at this table with this collection of humans who are wonderfully cultured and re- well-read. Yeah. They, they have classical music in their background. They think things that are big and they travel. And it's wonderful to sit at a, at a table with them and have I conversations. We, I think we might have a new list this week Andy I played pickleball with him and uh, he was he said well I you're the most competitive one here and he goes I can tell because I'm competitive so we played pickleball and then we had we took a rest and he goes girls I'm 72 and I was like Andy like he looked 62 wow tops yeah actually he actually looked probably 50 but 
he I was like, okay, this is 72. This is the 72 I want. I want to be playing pickleball yes. with three sassy yes. girls. Oh, the amount of travels that this pack has done, you know, rivals anything that, you know, we can claim in our 20s, you know? Yeah. They were remembering things about, you know, oh, that time we were in, you know, Wales and that time we did Iceland. And then remember we were in Phoenix and remember when we were in yeah, like the fun. caves that we did in Phoenix. And so trust me, that is the life that I want to follow in. So it's good stuff. Good stuff. Another life I want to follow in is we had a good question about CSAs this week. And I thought about it, you know, we used to have, I remember, again, this is like maybe the throwback show, I don't know. But like, I remember when CSA fairs were like this massive spring thing. The Seward Co-op used to host a big CSA fair in their parking lot. And then all the farmers would come out and they would like set up little booth tables, whatever. And you would interview them. It was like speed dating for farmers. Yep. And you would just like run around and be like, well, what do you have? And what's, you know, what's your offering? And so a CSA, for those who are new to it, is a community supported agriculture, which is it basically it's a prepay system for farmers. They 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 set up a system so that you sign up for a year, a, a, a harvest year which may be like six months, it may be three months, it, you know, it depends. And you chuck down maybe from 300 to $600, and you basically, it's a prepay for weekly, monthly, regular type, either pickup or delivery of vegetables grown on that farmer's land. Yep. And I think, you know, it's like one of those things, like it, when it first launched way back in the 90s, it was like everybody was, oh my God, this is a great idea. And there's a fascination to it, and then it kind of, ebbs and flows and i think now people are still into it i mean obviously they're still doing it but people probably we don't talk about it as much as we used to well and i've been thinking about gardening just in general because i started my seeds yeah and my little seedlings i started probably a couple weeks late but i think it'll be okay um and so i'm a gardener during the summertime but because i'm in the cold garden I like won't get vegetables now until literally the second week of June. I can start to get radishes. Yeah. So I do an early CSA box with people that are coming from Southern Minnesota or have hot houses or hoop houses. And then I come back from the cabin and I've done all the tomatoey things. Yeah. And then I get a winter share. Right. Right. And that's, there's, and uh, I know that like places like, um, I mean, to go to find your CSAs, it's really good to like really think about it and really look through the farms and try to understand what is it that you're looking for? Not not just in terms of like, do I want a lot of kale? Am I looking for, you know, what kind of vegetables? Because I think one of the charms of the CSA is that you don't get to actually decide. Yeah. Like that to me was like when a box of vegetables shows up, it's a little moment of inspiration that someone has said, here, cook with this. I like that too, actually, because you know? I would get things that I wouldn't get myself. You would never pick it up. And then all of a sudden there's this like kohlrabi and you're like, oh, you're right. I know what kohlrabi is and I've eaten it places, but I probably would never pick pick it up to cook with it and now I'm forced to and I love that aspect and I learned a lot about like different kinds of greens and also seasonal things yeah <clears throat> different CSAs do different things some have an opportunity to add in meat shares or bread shares or egg shares or cheese shares or syrups or honeys so if that's important to you maybe pick one that has some of those options um there also is way more flexibility, I think, when in CSAs and when we started doing it 100 oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah. You can, like, one of the CSAs that I'll recommend here has a actual, um, it's called Foxtail Farm. Okay. And it has a half a box, which is about for two or three people, but generous. Mm -hmm. They also have a full box, but then they have these other little 
amalgamations of things that you can get, <clears throat> like a bag. So you can get a bag of vegetables that's 20 bucks. And you can, um, it's different things, but it's a five week subscription. And you can cancel that week's bag if you can't get it. So there's just a lot more flexibility, I think, to it. Yeah. Um, and they have different pickup sites too. Your they Foxtail. Do. Uh, has you know they've got a number of places in Minneapolis you can pick up and St. Paul um, and a lot of people that's a different that is the kicker for them they need somewhere that will drop off or pick up somewhere close to their house right yep and it's um, organic their CSA <clears throat> so I, that was why I picked it you did that's they why. do have a cheese share a bread share they've even got mushroom shares they've got Ooh. coffee it's a really robust um, CSA I've been really happy with it. This and is the one that you actually flowers. use. Yeah. I do. Okay. They do flowers and they also do um, herb starts that are organic. So, you know, they have a whole edible flower arrangement that you can add to your um, CSA. That's so wonderful. Just lots of cool stuff. So That's wonderful. I'm very excited about them. I've been very happy. My other one that I used to use, I just checked. He's not doing it anymore. Um, Pal's Market, which is in the southern suburbs. <clears throat> They have a CSA sign up. They've got the family share, yeah. which it sounds like a lot when you look at it because it's $7.99. But if you think about 16 weeks of vegetables that will feed five to six people, it's probably a lot less than you would be paying if you were just buying groceries in the store. Yeah. Um, a standard share, which is half, is four eighty, and that's for 16 weeks for three to four people. And then they have this thing called the teaser share. It's a third bushel box of fresh picked produce that you get that's two to three people. So it's just a little smaller. Yeah. And um, most of these places have arrangements where if you miss a week or you're vacationing, you can either have a friend pick it up or you can give it back and um, have them donate it. Yes. So I like that. That's decent. There's a lot of. Yeah. And when you think about I think I know a lot of people consider getting a big share you know, getting the family size share and then, which can be expensive, you know, it can be, you know, a couple hundred dollars, um, but then splitting it out between friends like in the neighborhood or however that happens. That is always nice. Generally shares are, I would say anywhere from 25 to $45 a week, um, depending on how much you get. So uh, one of the farms, Featherstone farm. Yeah has what they call a solo share. Right. And I love that. This would be for your size house stuff. Um, perfect for individual or a two person household. And you can get that for twenty nine fifty a week. Yeah. Yeah. I do love that. One of the ones that I always thought was a great deal was if you are looking to sort of try to understand what kind of vegetables and kind of things you're getting, you know, Untights, which is one of my favorite little yes. farm stops, you know, they have a great farm stand over in St. Louis park that I always visit. Um, but they have one, they have them all over the Metro, but they have a farm share too. Like, so you can get a CSA from them, but it's nice to see, like, if you're trying to figure out like what kind of, you know, what's the kind of produce that they use and like, or that they grow and, um, you know, like how good is it basically, you know, you don't want to get like all these teeny tiny baby carrots and be like, well, that's it, you know, but you can see the kind of food that they grow and that's their one, they're a great family farm and they have a family share like yours for three to four people or they've got the mini share and that's the same thing where they're doing, um, you know, less volume, same vegetables, just smaller amounts, which I think is great. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break while we go this. Then we're going to also hit up some of the places that uh, 
guide you to the best places to find your CSA shares. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are still talking about CSAs and uh, sort of getting ready for vegetables in the coming year and planning our work and working our plan. Apparently, the Seward Co-op's annual CSA fair is in its twentieth, 21st year, and they are having it. So they're holding it on April 23rd from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Seward Co-op Creamery parking lot on 2601 East Franklin Avenue. So this is a great time to kind of meet these farmers face-to-face. You can look and see what they have. Um, you know, you can talk about kind of like, are you a veggie, you know, just veggie only, or do you add on eggs and maple syrup? And a lot of farms, too, used to let you, like, plan a whole, like, a gathering weekend on the farm. Like, maybe there's a special CSA, you know, dinner that they're going to host on the farm, or they do a cookbook and all that stuff. This might be the fun time to go meet your farmers and find out what's what. There is also um, <clears throat> farm shares that are through the co-ops. Yes. So each co-op generally is aligned with a certain amount of farms and you would pick up your boxes at the co-ops. So one year I did Mississippi markets uh, and, and the farmer that I was buying from was urban roots farm. Yeah. But they also have the Hmong American farmers association. And I mean, boy, do those people know how to grow amazing food. Oh, seriously. Um, So true. When you're doing this kind of a a CSA, you pick it up at the co-op, but there's also like classes and you're supporting a lot of some community supported agriculture. The Urban Roots is one that you can pick up at Mississippi Market, any other locations. And they have a program that's run by kids and they're teaching people about urban farming and so that one has cooking class, too, that you can do. They've got a market garden. Um, they talk a lot about conservation, and it's all supporting youth. So if you're interested in urban roots, that's through Mississippi Market. Same thing. You're still supporting this farm. You're yeah. still getting recipes. Yeah. It's just maybe putting a little thought into, like, who you want to support with your dollars. Yes, whether you want to support a family farm, whether you want to support a collective of young urban farmers, whether you're interested in supporting Hmong farmers. Here's a great, so landstewardshipproject.org. I just put that up on the Facebook page too, you guys, because they have a directory that you can search. But I also love the fact that they have questions to ask a CSA farmer. So if you are going to go to the CSA fair, or even if you just want to send a little note or while you're looking on people's pages to figure out what it is, here's some things you might want to know. Like how many years have you been farming? How many seasons have you been doing a CSA? Because I think a lot of farmers who have been doing it a long time have got all the kinks out. They know the deliveries they've gotten, you know, they've gotten it down pat. And so if someone who's like, Oh, we're just starting a CSA, you might want to consider that. Um, have you ever worked or trained on another CSA farm? If maybe this is their first year, maybe they worked at, you know, on another farm. Uh, what vegetables p- do you plan to provide to shareholders so that, you know, it's good to know what they're planning to plant for the year. You can already figure that out. If they're doing a lot of leafy greens and you're like, well, I, I plant my own leafy greens, you know, maybe I'm already in my garden. So I've got head, you know, le- you know, lettuce heads and kale. Maybe you want something more root vegetable. That might be something to think about. And some of the Hmong um, farms have very different vegetable profiles because they grow vegetables that are more likely for them to eat as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that can be different. Just and great. They're delicious, but just a different profile of greens that maybe you'd be super familiar with. Yes. And then you want to get into some technical questions like what is your system for storing and transporting the produce once it's harvested? How is it going to come to you? Is it a box? Is it a bag? How does that work at the drop off locations? Is the produce left in a sheltered area? Because a lot of times I think people have found that they don't, you know, maybe it's out in the open or maybe, you know, you have X amount of hours to get there you definitely want to find out you know uh kind of how that yep. setup is and like for me one year i picked up at someone's porch on their house at right. their house right and then one year i i thought i had coordinated when i was out of town that someone else was going to get it and they didn't so then the person's calling me so there are some uh logistics of figuring out what to do with your share every week. Yeah. And this is fun, I think, for those of us who are into this. And this is how you get to know farmers and what they're doing. And, you know, like Abraham's Table Farm, you know, it's they're very open about our farmers for people who are serious about nutrition, who want to personally know their farmer and farm and who cook regularly at home. Like they're not, you know, it's not, they're very honest and open about it. And so that it gives you the opportunity to tailor it to your tastes, which is awesome, I think. If you live near the Good Acre, which is off yes. of uh, 280 and uh, Larpenter in the Lexington neighborhood, I think they call that. Yeah. The Good Acre's farm share is 435 bucks. It's designed to feed one to two people who cook mostly meals at home. They have an 18-week program. They have a lot of add-ons, so things like eggs, um, a maker medley, so things where you're going to get kimchi and some other things that are already made, honey, mushrooms, Meat, cheese, yes. flowers. It's a great um, opportunity. So I don't know if it was me adding a flower share would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, so you can find that on their website. And that is The Good Acre. And most of it is available for pickup right at The Good Acre. So it has to be something that's close to you. Yes. Um, Axdahl's Farm. You oh, know, they which have is... a lot of locations to pick up. I'm sorry. I take that back. Who does? Good Acre. Oh, yeah. They're going to be dropping at Honey and Rye, Frogtown, Edina City Hall, uh, the Good Acre, the YMCA. There's some pieces of the share that you can only pick up at Good Acre. Right. And there's small, you guys remember, there's like small farms and that's going to have its own specific, you know, relevancies to you. And then there's bigger farms like Axel's, which is, you know, a huge farm kind of in Stillwater um, along the St. Croix River. Not huge, but it's big. And, you know, basically they're saying what I love about them is they're like, you know what, we're not, it's not just 18 weeks. They're going to extend theirs into past summer veggies and they're going to offer you, you know, fall brings the pick your own pumpkin patch, winter squash, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. And some of the places have like gatherings in the fall. Yes. Where you can go Harvest. and actually visit the the farm and have a soup dinner. And so if community is important to you, yes. maybe leaning into some of those types of farms that have other activities. Yeah. At Axels are saying the Christmas season, you know, they'll you can use your CSA membership card for fresh cut trees, garlands, custom wreaths. So it's like once you're a member of the farm, you're, the membership goes, you know, far. And that's kind of fun, too. I think that's really interesting. That's I smart would love of that. them. That's really yeah, smart. It's of them. a unique feature that yeah. a lot of these other ones don't have. And mm -hmm. it's a way to keep you engaged with their farm year round. Right. Um, and then some of them, even you guys, this is important too. I think like big river farms, you know, they, uh, their shares, uh, can be subsidized by EBT snap customers. Oh. If you need to, they have a partnership with fair share CSA coalition up to 75% of the total cost is taken care of. And so if you know someone who is, you know, you know, is on the EBT snap dollars and is looking to add more healthy options, this may be a great, you know, 
It might be a great That's monthly big installment. River Farms? That's Big River Farms. And then the e the Fair Share CSA Coalition is the organization that helps partner okay. with farms that. to allow that. So, you know, a lot and there are places that have, you know, sliding scales. If they know that your your you know, your economics don't necessarily work in the right ways, there are and then they have things where you can donate money to have sponsor somebody else's CSA. Yeah, I share. like that too. And I think that's really wonderful. I mean, the farmers are seriously trying to help everybody you know, be accessible and open to as many possible people as they can. One thing I would say too, <clears throat> as we're talking, I'm going to write something up about this on my website. Yeah. You because should. then you get all of a sudden your CSA, right? Yeah. And let's say you're, we'll just use Cubby as an example, my sister, because yep. you already know, I already say she's a bad cook. <laughs> so let's say like right. she gets a CSA for her, it'd be kind of overwhelming because she wouldn't know what to do with all the food. There's some really good local and national CSA cookbooks that, you can cook by season. Yeah. So um, uh, you all of a sudden have kohlrabi, for instance. Yes. And like you can turn to the chapter on kohlrabi. Some of the CSAs even have like recipe booklets that they give you too. Or when you get your newsletter that week, it will say like, here's Pam's pumpkin soup and gives you actual recipes. Um, you want to have, I think, a good command of your freezer if you have a CSA, too. Yeah. Because yes. if you yes. don't use the tomatoes, you can throw them in the freezer and make sauce later. Right. If you are going to, you know, have a bunch of carrots one week and you don't know what to do with it, make carrot soup, freeze some. Yep. There's just, it's it's a way to kind of force you to be more mindful about what you're eating. Yeah, and, and that is true. Thinking about, you know, thinking... I think when you're investing in this, you're investing in plants and you're investing in a small business as a farm and thinking about your summer. And of course, you know, people are very, sometimes you don't know you're going to go on a big two week cabin trip or whatever, but thinking about those ahead of time, I think helps you know what your food plan. So you're never like overwhelmed by a box of food. Right. And then there's also times, you know, if you're saying like, Hey, someone needs to come pick it up or I'll donate it. You know, if you want to donate it to someone else, let the farm know, you know, it's just being in constant communication with that. I think is a great idea. Uh, yeah, it was Trish Cornell's Minnesota Farmer's Market Cookbook. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's the um, one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. See, and I love like Gail Woods Farm, you know, is also, you know, that's a great place where they're, they get their CSA operation involves teenage youth from surrounding communities to grow. You know, they have a whole bunch of different you know, things that tie into these small businesses. And I keep calling them small businesses because we've got to think of them like that. Yeah. Cause you're supporting sure. these, you know, and they also like Gail Woods, then farms to be able to put stuff on the food shelves, the local food shelves. Like they do that on purpose. So I think that's kind of wonderful. All right, you guys, there is your CSA primer breakdown of everything. There's so many great things. Maybe I haven't picked one. I think I'm going to do one this year because I'm closer in mm-hmm. and um, because it's easier to find pickup spots where out in the boons, it was a little yep. harder out in the boons. I would just always go to Gail Woods. You know what I mean? But now I'm thinking I might have an opportunity to do something different. So we're going to try that this year. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. We're going to come back and it's going to, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to talk about more stuff. I'm going to tell you something super weird that Hidden Valley Ranch did. Okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Where should I go? We're talking about our afternoons. Hanson's going to go out and go shopping and go like eat stuff in Excelsior. I may go have a manicure with my baby boy. Giant baby's home. Um. Okay, so Golden Nails. Golden Nails. Golden Valley. Okay. You can just pop in there. You have to have a reservation no, or an appointment? No, you don't. Uh-uh. Okay. You can just go in and sit down in the chair. And there's, there's always men in there too. There's a ton of like nails places around me in St. Louis Park. I just haven't... 
I haven't used any, so I don't know who's good and who's not good. I'm, I've always been a Wyzetta nail girl. So. Um, I'm trying to think the other one. Um, there's another good one right by you. It's just going to take me a minute yeah. to think of it. Well, Is it V-Nails? Well, it's possible. Yeah, V-Nails uh, near Main Street in Hopkins. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's a good one, too. We have a lot of errands to do, that kid and I. Nails, 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 nails. I, I started getting that... into nails during the oh, pandemic. Rachel, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I did have a caller earlier that wanted to let Hanson know that the um, Excelsior St. Patrick's Day thing is going on, so it's like going to be hard to find oh. parking. And oh, good call. <laughs> it's the luck of the lake. Oh, it is the luck of the lake. Yeah. What is that? It's just a big party okay. in town, meaning that the Jake O'Connors, which is now Bull and Run, will be packed okay so she just wanted to warn you about that <laughs> thank I you i like that intel caller thank you oh my goodness yeah well, be guess ready we'll be parking at the spa i was gonna say park up and then walk down that's you'll have to anyway but i don't even know what that i means. know you'll find it it you'll means see. i need to wear park a warm coat is what it means when you're walking in park early it's okay. gonna be like 50 though all right so it's there. not now but no <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be at like three o'clock three o'clock 301 oh you're right hit. it's only 30 degrees yeah right it's now. getting Sorry. warmer as the morning goes on, but it's not it's, warm isn't yet. Isn't it already afternoon? I feel like it might already be four o'clock. Oh, in the that's afternoon. so funny. This has been the story of my life because I played pickleball this week too. And like it was in the middle of, a, I had to drive through a parade lineup basically to get to pickleball. Oh, really? Yeah. Just kind of funny because we haven't done things for so long, like that people are gathering and doing things. We're surprised. To, like traffic still surprises yeah, me. Like what? Like why are there so many people traffic? Here? God, that was wonderful about the pandemic, the traffic. That yeah, would be my favorite really thing was. about it. Well, and I said I would never live off of 394. And what did I do? I bought a house and I live off of 394. Yeah. And for two years, it's been ambrosia because there's been great. no traffic. Well, and you're not even in a neighborhood back. that you can hear it, really. I, I don't can, know. Can you? Can yeah, you hear you'd it? be surprised. I can hear Ohio 100. Do you have uh, plane issues, too? Yes, but too. they're usually helicopters going to the hospital, I think. Oh, mine are. I'm on a flight path. Oh, okay. Which I just have to get used to. Yeah, you do. Again. Um, I am going to like sweep off my deck and get my patio, my deck all situated. A lot of places are open, by the way, you guys, for deck loving times this weekend. If you're looking for a restaurant patio, Malcolm Yards is open. Smack Shack has always been open because they do all winter. Um, but there's a lot of places I was saying the other day on Fox 9, uh, Black Forest Inn. I love their post. I love her. Their post was so great. It was, you don't even have to call. Of course, we're open. You know, like yeah. that's what we do. So. Um, but there are a lot of places that are, um, that are, I mean, you'll be able to find a patio to sit on, I believe, okay. if you want to this weekend. Can I tell you the weird thing that Hidden Valley Ranch did sure. before we get too far into your patio season sure. stuff? Because we need to. Um, they took Hidden Valley Ranch salad dressing and they compressed it and heated it to 2,500 2, degrees Fahrenheit and crushed the output graphite beneath 400 tons of pressure. And then they waited for five months. And voila, a two-carat diamond made from Hidden Valley Ranch was born. It is up for uh, auction. And so far, the money that the highest bid was $13,250. And... Yeah. 
Huh. You can have a Hidden Valley Ranch diamond. Wait, so they, so I'm just trying to understand. So they, they took some ranch and then they. Ranch powder. And then they heated it to 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit and then they compressed it and then that they. graphite. And then they let it sit for five. I don't know how exactly. You can pretty much make diamonds out of anything. Can you? They're not a man-made. They're man-made diamonds, but yes. You can make diamonds out of like your dog's bones. Oh. Or your lover's bones of a human, actually. People have done that, too. Ugh. So, yeah. All right. And you can buy it I always think it's weird that diamonds are a thing. I do. I have the... I don't own any, and that's maybe why, but, like, I'm not captivated by them, and I'm not... But it is weird that we put... That these polished rocks are so expensive, and it's only expensive because we agree that it's expensive. Yeah, I can see your point of view on that. I mean, I'm not... It's just bizarre. Yeah. If you think about it, because it's it's weird. Why aren't we buying opals like that? I know. Opals are pretty. They're prettier, actually. And you know, my mom. But it's had all a just rocks. Opal. Did she really? Yeah, I think it, one of my sisters has it. It was like, like the size of an a small egg. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Yes, I think that's true. All right, so that was my weird. What is hidden valley? Ranch would you? Doing? Would you? So would you bid on something like that? No, <laughs> no. But I was like, this is so weird to turn ranch dressing powder into a diamond. I mean, it's a good shtick. I gotta, I gotta they say, they do great it's a good shtick. Don't they? Well, it's ranch, right? I know, but they have like a ranch they fountain. Should. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They don't take themselves and... so seriously, so this is perfect. Yeah. Like when you don't take yourself seriously as a product, you're open up to a lot of great things, I think. Okay, this is good advice for Stephanie's dish. Yeah, right? Don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, man. Seriously. <laughs> just like have some fun. Most people are up for fun. You know, that's what they kind of want to. So there you go. Um, fun. Sadly to say, Chowhound is no more. Did you, were you ever a Chowhounder? You know, Chowhound was this, uh, a question would be asked on this open forum and then people would answer the question. And yes, I did. It was a chat board. I chatted and I didn't participate. I didn't weigh in, but I would read the chats. My handle was Spork Girl. Spork Girl. And you would reply? Oh my God, I had an entire, I was like on Chowhound for a long time. That's funny. Yeah. Right in the early 90s, you know, when you were starting to look for things and, you know, or whatever, you know, or maybe yeah, like 90s where can was I 2000s. Find Polish dumplings in the Twin Cities. Yeah. I mean, I would question. look to see what people were talking about. And, you know, and especially as a young fledgling writer, that was a great source for people to tell you, you know, like, hey, I'm looking to write about, you know, dumplings. And then they'd be like, oh, and they'd want to tell you and they'd want to, you know, there's a there's a local Dairy Queen person on there and it, it, he or she, we didn't know, you know, was just really really good at recommending and finding spelunking places and so i was always loved john i'm sad it's gone but you know it was bought out the hardest part too is that they had recipes on there that i think were that was a missed opportunity because people would just put their own recipes in there right and then it was like this content that was just free you so know will the chowhound server be gone or will that i didn't, live in the ether i couldn't quite understand i don't know okay yeah i mean i haven't logged onto it and you don't even need it anymore really because the internet has become so big yeah but if it's still being picked up in search engines yeah maybe I mean, if they put it totally down then we won't even have the benefit of seeing the search engine things yeah which yeah. would be sad i know um Letting you know that Green Dish Company, which we had Chef J.D. Fratsky on here, they have decided to cease operations. I was sad and confused by that. Yeah. We I just think, talked to them. Well, I think, I yeah, maybe we have J.D. back on and talk a little bit about it. I know it wasn't his company. It wasn't like he sure. owned it. He was just, you know, working as the culinary person behind it. 
And from, you know, it was a doctor who had an idea to make healthy pickup, takeout, you know, ghost kitchen kind of thing. And then he uh, basically on the website cited negative, you know, economic forecasting for the future. He just couldn't see it working and he didn't want to dump any more money into it, I think. So it's interesting. I think the ghost kitchen thing, which was, you know, everyone thought was going to take us through the pandemic and onward and that everybody would want to just continue with delivery to that you know, point. Mm -hmm. I think the, I think it's not as profitable because people want to have experiences. Yeah. They want to go out as we have just been saying, they're packing places. I told you the the dining experiences is going to be the trend. Yeah. So, and ghost kitchens don't really feel that. No. All right, gang, get out there. Have a great sunny Saturday afternoon. Ciao, ciao. We'll see you next week.